Good afternoon and welcome to another exciting conversation here on the Worthy for 30 podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tash. Uh, on the Worthy for 30 podcast, as a reminder, we delve into the lives of remarkable leaders who exemplify the convergence of success and benevolence. In our next episode, we sit down with Welcome Baby USA founder, Sarah Steinhardt, former producer for ABC's flagship news programs and a pivotal force behind CNN's New Day. Sarah's journey through the high stakes world of journalism and crisis management was driven by a commitment to delivering crucial information to audiences nationwide. However, after becoming a mother, her passion pivoted towards supporting underprivileged new mothers, recognizing the critical need for resources to aid in their postnatal care. Join us as Sarah shares her inspiring story navigating professional prominence while championing this cause of nurturing new life. And you'll quickly understand why Sarah embodies doing good while doing well. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for having Excellent. me. Excellent. So let's jump right in. So um, you, you're you're a mother, uh, a new mother, and passion of how do I help other mothers came to light. Can you explain like when did that actually happen, and then when did you decide like, hey, there's something here in terms of creating a nonprofit? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, when you have your first child, uh, it is a it's a total shock to the system. It's it's both incredible and wonderful. Uh, and and also very it can be very very challenging for a multitude of reasons. So I had my first son in 2015 um, in the middle of the winter, and I remember very vividly being two weeks postpartum and and feeling you know uh, incredibly anxious. Um, really had no idea what I was doing, and I had to go out to the the pharmacy on the corner to get diapers. And it was snowing. It was cold. I was feeling just terrible, still recovering from, you know, from giving birth. And I remember just sort of stopping on the corner and and starting to cry. And there's something hit me in that moment. And I realized, you know, I, I started sort of asking myself the question, like, if this is so hard for me and I have enough help and I have enough resources to, to you know, get my child whatever he needs. How are so many families across the country doing this with no stable income, no stable housing, no familial support, and certainly no support from state or federal government? Uh, and at the same time, Eric, I had seen a flurry of uh, press about um, a, 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 the Finnish baby box. Um, this is a program in Finland that's been going on for decades and which every family giving birth to uh, a baby um, takes home a box of critical items, everything that baby needs for the first few months of life. And it sort of started me on this kind of journey. Uh, you know, I thought to myself, why can't we do that here? We could probably do this in a really cheap, efficient way, and it would have such an outsized impact on the back end. It took a few years um, to kind of get things up and moving. And I, uh, my co-founder, Juliet, and I have known each other for now more than 20 years. And this whole time, you know, I, I that kind of in those intervening years, I thought, okay, Juliet's going to be the best partner for this. And it just sort of happened that way. We started packing these boxes from our living room floors. Um, and now we work with a distributor based out of Florida. And that's where we are. 5,000 boxes. 5,000 boxes later. So 2015, your first child. And then when did that, when did the, the doors open officially for Welcome Baby? That, that was, so that was like January of 2019. Um, I had another, I had a, a second child in that kind of, uh, in those intervening years, Juliet had her first child. And, you know, in the meantime, I had been doing a version of welcome baby from my apartment. You know, I was working with, uh, providing packages to union settlement, which is one of the oldest, oldest settlement houses here in the city. It's 
hard when you've got a couple kids running around and you're doing it in your living room and you know you've got tons of Amazon boxes and wholesale boxes coming in you know left and right. So um, it was really in 2019, the January of 19, that we uh, started doing this in a much bigger way. Um, and then in in 20, at the end of 2019, we pivoted to work with this distributor based out of Florida. And doing that allows us to, you know, have such a huge, you know, wide geographic range. You know, we're currently working in about 17 states and uh, we can get a box really anywhere in the country or really in the world uh, within, you know, 10 days. Gotcha. Usually a okay, week. Wow. That's, so, that's tremendous. So what's included in the Welcome Baby USA box? Every box is standard. Um, we provide 200 diapers, 100 size one, 100 newborn size, um, a month's supply of wipes, um, two rash creams, bottles, pacifiers, swaddle blankets, a baby carrier, a thermometer and grooming kit, basic clothing items, baby wash, and a, sort of a baby's first book. Oh, okay. Um, and that's, yeah, every single box has all of those items. You know, we've gotten amazing feedback on everything, but we, especially, you know, a baby carrier, which is such a, such a critical item, especially, you know, for families living in cities, trying to navigate subways, buses, trains, getting their babies to, you know, those first uh, pediatrician appointments. Um, so everything in the box is, is just so critical. And we kind of whittled everything, we whittled it down to, you know, those basic core critical items that kind of every baby needs. There are no luxuries in these boxes. These are absolute necessities that every baby and every new mother deserves to have. Uh, understood. And um, when it comes to understanding those necessities, are these, you know, have you been consulting with pediatricians? Like who are, who are some of the expert advisors that are helping you and Juliet decide yeah. what goes into those boxes? So at the very, at sort of the outset, you know, Juliet and I were, you know, the parents of, at that point, we were the parents of three. Now we are, you know, between us, we have seven children. So we kind of, we had our own personal experience. We also, uh, we talked with our own pediatricians. We talked with the social workers at the partner organizations that we started working with and we got their feedback. We also spent the first year really um, act distributing a, a survey to every recipient of a welcome baby box, asking what items were the most efficacious, you know, what could they live without? What did more did they need? And that actually informed uh, the number, sort of the number of newborn versus size one diapers. You know, it informed the kinds of uh, basic clothing we included. You know, we ended up changing the bottles that we included. So we kind of used that first year as an information gathering year. And um, we feel like we kind of nailed it. I have to say the feedback is, is pretty, is, is almost like a hundred percent, just so positive. And well, yeah. that, that's amazing. Before I, I ask about the survey and getting feedback from the people who received one, how do, if I'm a new a parent, how do I find out about welcome baby USA? And two, once I find out, how do I qualify for receiving a welcome baby kit? Yeah. So we distribute our packages through hospitals and community health clinics. Um, and so if you, if someone is interested in, in receiving a welcome baby package, we would urge them to contact their pediatrician or their local clinic or their local hospital and have them reach out to us. They can email us at info at welcomebabyusa.org. You know, Eric, the only thing that, that prevents us from being able to provide a box to every family in the United States, which is, which is our ultimate goal is, is funding. The more fundraising we can achieve, the more boxes we can get out into the hands of families who need it. Um, and that has been, that continues to be the struggle. But in our lofty vision, uh, 
any family who needs a box like this would have access to mm-hmm. it. Uh, excellent. Once they become aware again through the clinics, through the hospitals, they can apply uh, or reach out to to the team uh, at Welcome Baby USA. You mentioned, you know, it's it's all about donations. Can you give us some semblance on, you know, is it the individual that's donating to support Welcome Baby USA? I imagine, you know, th- there's a multiplication factor, excuse me, but there's there's also a corporate implication. You mentioned diaper rash creams. I used to work on Boudreaux's butt paste. So I'm starting to think and getting the wheels turning, like, okay, who can I introduce Sarah to? So I'd love to hear your, I, your partnerships. I, I love that. Thank you. That would be incredible. That's what I, you know, what I use on my kids. And in, in the box, we include uh, A&D and Desitin, which I, you know, I've also used with all three kids. Yes. So it's, we rely on individual donations from people all over the country who find us via social media or word of mouth. And those are so critical. You know, I, I would have to say that in 2023, we did kind of have a dip in individual donations and we're still trying to figure out exactly why. I do think in talking to other nonprofit leaders that that was sort of a industry-wide um, feeling, but individual donations are so important. We are also the very lucky um, recipients of annual uh, giving from family foundations that have found us and and really support our mission. And, you know, we are working on the corporate donations. We have some wonderful partners who uh, have made really generous donations. Happiest Baby is one of them. You know, Infantino just announced that they would be giving Welcome Baby 250 baby carriers, which is is a huge it's a huge number because that is the most expensive uh, item in in our box and that being able to save on that item allows us to send out more boxes in general. So, yes, you know, all of those fundraising streams are 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 critical. We are in the in the process and have been uh, spending a lot of time on applying for grants um, from larger foundations. That's a challenging landscape. Um, there are so many worthy causes and only so much money to go around. And uh, so we continue to plug away at that. Um, so we're kind of, you know, we're focusing on all, all of those. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And and also before we get into, you know, what 2024 looks like, you, met, you, you hit on something very, that's very relevant is the fact that, you know, uh, individual donations or contributions have gone down in 2023 and speaking to other nonprofit leaders, they're also experiencing the same. Today's Giving Tuesday, well, soon is going to be Giving Tuesday, not today, but uh, soon it's going to be Giving Tuesday, which again is a is a tentpole event where, again, there's this, let's say, this um, huge outsized impact to donate to do, to do good or to give back. And I think last year, uh, I'm just quoting um, Ben Irwin, the, the CEO of Charity Buzz and another uh, guest on the show, was uh, I think uh, during Giving Tuesday, I think $3 billion were, were raised uh, or $3.1 billion were raised on Giving Tuesday in 2022. But between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, uh, retailers and for-profit organizations drove $20 billion in sales between between you know those couple of days. So really, I would love to get your take on, should we be figuring out, okay, how do we make charity and giving back more of an everyday part of life thing in addition to these, you know, supporting these tentpole events, we'd love to get your perspective. Yeah, that is such a great question. I don't know that there's a clear answer. So it's great to have a tentpole event like Giving Tuesday because it does, uh, you can generate a lot of buzz. You can use it as sort of, you know, like a a, a plot line, you know, or, or a plot point uh, in the narrative of, of the year. And I think that's great. You can be, you can point to it. You can get people really, really motivated. I think the downside to having, you know, one specific giving date uh, is that people 
you know, tend to wait um, and then use that as their only uh, kind of point of giving. I believe firmly, I have, you know, three kids, three boys, and I have a stepdaughter. I think that making giving back part of your child's life at an earlier age and then continuing that will change the next generation. I think that imparting upon kids and teenagers that, you know, one of the most you know, impactful things that one can do as an adult is to give back to those who are less fortunate is something that we should be driving home every single day in all realms of our personal, professional, educational lives. It, it is definitely a struggle. It's it's hard to get people motivated. And so I think at Welcome Baby, we try to, you know, find other points in the year when we can remind people that, you know, giving back is is great. It's fun and meaningful. You know, Mother's Day, you know, Mother's Day is is a natural fit for a a mission like Welcome Baby. And we can really rally people around that, you know, that holiday. I I, would put quotes around that. But um, I think it's, you know, at this point, you know, it's it's just important to stay on people's radar. Badgering people is not uh, one of the things that I'm most comfortable with. But I, I do think that at the end of the day, you know, when at least for Welcome Baby, when you can see exactly where your dollars are going, when you know that, you know, your donation is going to a physical box with all of these critical necessities, and it's going to be in the hands of someone who really needs it within a week or two, I think that, you know, that helps us in our case. Yeah, I hope that answers. Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's you know, setting the example for, for the future generations and also figuring out, you know, not waiting till the end of the year because like, oh, my goodness, I can get a tax write off if I donate you know, a certain amount of money to all these various causes. But I'm going to wait until December 1st to do it uh, versus, hey, you know, a lot of these great causes need money throughout the year to operate and to and to fulfill their mission. And I do think that there has to be a little bit of a sea change as it relates to how people think about um, nonprofits. I'm not the first person to sort of say this, but, you know, nonprofits have typically always been forced to operate on very, very slim margins when, you know, it's interesting because the more you're able to pay your employees, the more you're able to pay your nonprofit executives, uh, the more and better work that they are able to do and the more that they can actually impact the people that really, really need it. Um, I know that there is a, an ongoing conversation in this country and all over the world about how we look at nonprofits. Um, and I, I hope that continues. There are so many people in need and there is plenty of money to go around. And um, sometimes I think it's just uh, a matter of sort of switching one's uh, point of view a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. If you again, if you have a CEO, and I'm not going to be the first one to say this again, going back to my conversation with Ben, if you have a CEO in a nonprofit who is getting paid a lot of money, but their impact is 10, 100x that, of course, they should be paid commensurate to their impact. So uh, totally, totally get it. Totally understand. Totally agree. You know, again, that needs to be, a, a, again, a change in perception when it comes to nonprofits. Because again, the dollars that are being raised are going to those causes. And one thing I want to go, come back to, Sarah, is the mother or the parent who receives the the Welcome Baby Kit. And again, you the dollars that you donate to Welcome Baby, again, you see you know, in, in the, in the form of that kit, how are you, what, like, what is that feedback loop? You know, again, if I donate to Welcome Baby USA, and again, that, that allows you to generate more uh, Welcome Baby kits for new, uh, new parents, 
what what is that what, like am i am i seeing that so and so received this welcome baby kit because of my donation like we just love to understand like what that looks like that transparency yeah so you know we are pretty transparent in the sense that you know it's about you know for 2022 and it looks like for the most part 2023 about 26 per every for every dollar that's spent only 26% or 26 cents are spent on non-program initiatives. So that's, you know, we pay for marketing and for some advertising and, you know, just for some overhead. But, you know, we try to post pictures of our recipients as often as we can. You know, we do have to abide by HIPAA laws. We do also really value our clients' privacy above all else. So in cases where our packages are going to shelters, family shelters, especially domestic violence shelters, we do not, you know, we, we do not even ask for photos. But, you know, we have some partner organizations that are able to provide us with amazing photos of families, you know, with their with their welcome baby boxes. Um, and we try to, you know, we try to utilize social media um, and our own, you know, email list to try to show people as much as we can, you know, exactly what it looks like when a family receives a welcome baby box. Because oftentimes there are a lot of tears and there's a lot of joy and a lot of relief. Um, so, you know, and I think as we grow from a, you know, sort of a very, very small nonprofit or, you know, maybe not so small, but a small nonprofit, and as we hire, you know, more people to help us, we can even, you know, increase that transparency and really show individual people that, you know, their dollars went to this particular box. But uh, yeah, you know, the beauty of social media is that we can, you know, disseminate these photos and and, and folks can actually see where their money is going. Oh, that's, that, that's great. And again, it is the power of social media, which again, is word of, word of mouth on steroids. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, of impact and transparency, any sort of data that you and the team have in terms of that correlated impact on a welcome baby kit to to uh, development, you know, new baby yeah. development. We'd love to hear that. Sure. Yeah. So, what was very exciting in 2023 is that one of our wonderful partner organizations, which is uh, a Jacoby Medical Center here in the uh, in the Bronx, we ran a sort of a, a study. Um, and administered a questionnaire to about 170 welcome baby recipients. And we were able to ask them questions like, you know, did receiving a box like this help you do X, Y, or Z? And we got some amazing feedback. You know, we now know that nearly 80% of the moms and families that received a welcome baby box were able to have more financial room to buy things like food. 40% said that they would use the money that they spent that they would have spent on all of those newborn items on just paying the rent. So, you know, we also get anecdotal feedback really every month from all of our partner organizations telling us that families were so, moms were so worried about how they were going to get through those first months, how they were going to afford enough diapers, enough wipes, enough, you know, a, a baby carrier thermometer. Um, and that, you know, there are lots of tears and there's lots of, you know, lots of relief. You know, we know that, Study after study has shown that even brief periods of poverty in a child's life uh, can have negative impacts throughout that child's life. And um, our feeling is that if we can kind of interrupt that in one small way, that you know we are really doing our part. So. Oh wow! <laughs> Again, the uh, the data shows um, you know the impact. You know, going back to to the surveying, you know, you mentioned like the, the first iterations of the Welcome Baby Kit. You surveyed the recipients, like what's needed, what's not needed, what's a, a need to have versus a, a nice to have. 
for the for the entrepreneur, whether they're going to the not into the nonprofit world or going to the for profit world, how important is it to speak to your customers? Oh, it's so critical. I mean, you know, from where we sit, it's so impossible for me to know exactly what uh, one of our recipients might truly need. You know, we can guess at it. We can guess that, you know, pretty much every newborn is going to need X, Y, and Z. But you also, you know, you have to hear it from the people that are actually receiving, you know, these services. The other thing is that, you know, there has to be a, a certain amount of trust built between the nonprofit and the people that it serves, you know, so you want to feel like you're all playing on the same team and to, you know, inviting them into having a say in, in, in what we initially put into this box was really, I think, was very powerful for us. And I hope it was for them. And so I think it's just totally critical. You know, it's also there can be a, a wide gap between where potentially I'm sitting and where, you know, one of our recipients is sitting, how could we possibly ever, uh, you know, close that gap without having open, you know, open communication, you know, and we stay in close contact with all of the directors of each program. Um, you know, we check in, you know, every month or every couple of months um, and, you know, try to just gauge where we are, what the need is, you know, how things are going, how we can make things easier in the case of Jacoby Medical Center, these packages are being given given out in their mother baby clinic. And so many of the families that receive them are taking public transportation. And so we've we now, you know, try to have a like a tote, like a, a bag in each box that they could actually sort of decant everything into the bag and then throw it over their shoulder as they're going home. So we make these small adjustments. Yeah. But I think it's critical to have that open communication. Right. And open communication, but it's not like you know, the person requests or the mom requests the new the welcome baby kid and then you send it and, the, and then they never hear from you again. It's that constant communication, that constant dialogue or checking in vis-a-vis, you know, a conduit. There is some of that. I mean, you know, we try to keep our communication purely through the social workers and pediatricians at the institutions we work with. You know, we do not and we cannot at this point send, you know, have sort of direct communication between us and and the ultimate recipient but having the dialogue open between you know their caregivers mm-hmm. absolutely and we maintain that every okay. month wow um oh because of hipaa yeah. compliant hipaa and privacy uh hipaa and also i think you know again and sort of back to your point because we are still growing you know we cannot provide every single patient or every single baby born into all of these institutions with a welcome baby box. So we really rely on the social workers and pediatricians to distribute the boxes that we are able to provide to their sort of to the patients that perhaps need them the most. We are, I'm proud to say, on the track, still on the track to be able to provide every baby born at Jacoby Medical Center with a, a welcome baby box. That is a 2024 goal for us. Um, we'd like to duplicate that in a few of our other partner organizations in Ohio and Colorado and Indiana. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of 2024, what, what is on the roadmap? Yeah. You know, you mentioned Jacoby Medical Center and some of the other partner uh, institutions. What, 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 yes. Help us g- give us an idea of what's uh, on tap. Sure. So in 2023, we distributed, uh, we're on track to have distributed more than 2000 packages just in 2023. We're hoping to increase that to 3,500 packages in 2024. And part of that would include um, identifying, we have identified, you know, five partner organizations that we currently work with, in which we want to provide every single baby born at those organization, you know, within those kind of healthcare settings with a welcome baby box. And I think what that allows us to do is then 
um, gather more data, perhaps duplicate this survey in other states and other communities um, and try to continue to show uh, the efficacy of, of a welcome baby box. That's really the goal for 2024. As we hit 25 and 26, you know, our goal, our goals become even loftier. And, you know, we're looking at potentially, you know, providing very large hospitals um, in a few different states with a box for every baby born in that in those hospitals. Wow. Okay. So an additional 3,500 boxes in 2024 is, is the goal. Plus, again, uh, being able to to hand out uh, welcome baby kits in not just Jacoby Medical Center, but in other uh, partner hospitals uh, or healthcare systems. Yeah. I mean, we're working, you know, we're currently working in 17 states. So we have, you know, Mount Sinai is one of our partners, Indiana University. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we work with the Nurse Family Partnership, another really wonderful national nonprofit in three different states. So yes, I think that's, that, that is the goal. Um, how can we help Welcome Baby USA? I mentioned Boudreaux's butt paste. Tell us, how can we help? Yeah. You know, right now, the biggest help that we can ask for is connections. Connections to these large companies in order to hopefully, you know, uh, create partnerships in which um, in-kind donations are made. Any product that we can have donated on a large scale helps enormously. Um, And so, you know, you mentioned Boudreaux's butt paste. I mean, to have a partnership with a company like that and have them, you know, be able to provide, let's say, rash cream for a year, that makes a huge, huge difference um, in our bottom line, which then allows us to, you know, uh, provide more people with, with, with boxes. So that's how, I mean, you're asking, that's how we, how you can help the most. Anyone listening to this, connections at Johnson & Johnson, connections, you know, at any other major, you know, pharmaceutical company um, uh, or baby care company. That's our our, our major ask. Gotcha. Okay. The wheels are turning. Yeah. Wheels are turning. So um, when, when you when we started this conversation, you, you mentioned, you know, in, in Finland, they provide welcome baby kits on newborns or, or in, in, to their parents. And you mentioned yeah. that, of course, in the United States, that's not reality. Have there been conversations at the, at the state and federal level to try to figure out how do we make this part and parcel? So there, there were, yes, Eric, you know, last year, this, I can't, I'm not sure if it started in 2022 or 23, we did have a conversation with the Department of Health and Human Services um, and they uh, had wanted to, were interested in running a nat, potentially kind of a pilot program in which they would distribute a, a version of a welcome baby box to, to families in need. Uh, you know, I, I know that they partnered with um, Baby to Baby, which is a wonderful organization based out of L.A. Um, for that pilot program. We're hoping that we can kind of be part of the next iteration of that. In our eyes, it's so inexpensive to make this investment in families giving birth. This is such a small, you know, each box costs between $150 and $160. That is a very small investment to make per person. And it has huge, huge effects, you know, on both the newborn and and a new mom. You know, if you are able to reduce anxiety, reduce stress in, in a new mother, they're able to take better care of their newborn. If you're able to provide a newborn with an adequate number of diapers. Now, just I don't know if you know this, but one out of every two families in the United States is struggling to afford diapers. I did not know that. Adequate an adequate amount of diapers. One, that's 50% of families in the United States struggles to, prov- to provide adequate diapers for their babies. So 
if you are a family and you are not able to provide enough diapers, you are looking at, you know, you're forced to stretch diapers, you are increasing the risk of diaper rash, infections. All of this has sort of like a cascading effect, you know, a snowballing effect on the fam, you know, the larger family structure. So to be able to take those small crises out of the picture seems to me like a very worthwhile endeavor for, you know, our federal government to undertake. Um, but it it is, again, it is always uphill. I know that Senator Tammy Duckworth, I believe, um, had introduced a sort of a, um, a bill that would have made diapers more affordable. You know, it's, these things just take time. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's, just doesn't seem to be a lot of support or will to change the status quo. I know that maternity leave has been, you know, or paid parental leave has been such a hot topic over the last couple of years. But when you think about the fact that 40% of women in the United States don't qualify for FMLA, and 88% of women working in the private sector lack any access to paid maternity leave, I mean, we really are starting at the very bottom. So... It's a the landscape looks a little bit dire, but I do have hope. That's that's all you can uh, resort to is is hope. But it's it's amazing because you put in perspective, like the U.S. you know leads the, the the Western world, and we are severely lacking when it comes to supporting uh, moms, working moms, um, and providing uh, basic necessities to uh, to young children. You know, also just just to note and to remind your listeners, and because this has also been a headline over the last, you know, this has been a terrible headline, but the United States ranks dead last in comparable countries in their uh, rates of maternal and infant mortality. We are, we have an abysmal record on keeping our newborns and new mothers healthy and alive. That is simply in our minds, it's, it's unacceptable and hugely dangerous. Uh, it does not have to be that way. No, it, it absolutely doesn't. Um, and it's, and it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible statistic to think about. Um, and there's so much we can do, but you know, maybe it's a combination of, I don't know where to go or what to do. And it's a combination of just inertia and inaction. I, I do think that's the case. I do. I do. So Sarah, I want to, I want to uh, end our conversation on a, on a somewhat high note for the, for the folks who are listening, who want to donate and support, where can yeah. they go? So you can go to our website. Thank you for asking that, Eric. Um, our website is an easy way to donate. If you navigate to welcomebabyusa.org, um, in the top right, there's a donate button. You can also scroll down to the bottom and there's a donate button down there. We will add you to our email list. We are, you know, you'll sort of be able to read up on the work that we're doing um, each month. The donations are so appreciated. They are going to the most vulnerable members of our society, which are newborns and, and postpartum mothers. So, um, you know, we feel this is like a really worthy cause. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a absolutely worthy cause. Um, I think this hits home. You know, I, again, I have a seven-year-old daughter or a three-year-old son. Yes. So, you know, yes. so, you know, I'm, you know, again, this is, um, I'll put it this way. It's, it's, you know, there, there's, um, I'm appreciative, you know, of all, of, all the help that, that we received, you know, when, when, especially when my daughter Sydney was born. Um, and I, I think it's just taking a step back, a second, taking a step back and not everyone is in the same position. So there's, That's so right. there's some, you know, as, as small as, and again, it's not even small, but just, a, just a, the, just say a, a, a kind action in terms of supporting what you guys are doing. It goes a long way. So I, I do really, I really do appreciate your time, Sarah. The listeners appreciate uh, your time. And then for any anybody who has questions directly for you, where can they find you? 
So you can email me at info at welcomebabyusa.org. Um, I, I will, you know, reply back immediately. Uh, we welcome lots of questions, welcome, you know, all feedback, um, welcome partnership, you know, questions. Yes, the more dialogue we can have with with people, the the better it is for everyone. So please, yes, please reach out. Excellent. I will put that uh, that email address and, and all the other resources that Sarah mentioned uh, in the episode uh, write-up. Sarah, again, a pleasure uh, having you on the show today, and we look forward to uh, staying in touch. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for having me.